Hey, hey, welcome back to Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Huser. It's time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, it's great to have you back here on the show and listening in. Uh, Last week, I discussed starting points and how it seems like every day as an amputee is like a starting point with something, whether it's the way your socket fits or the way a shoe feels or just the way you feel in your body. And uh, I thought, you know what? I started thinking about and was talking a little bit about with you guys the idea of your support system. And it's not the first time I've ever brought that up um, because, quite frankly, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without the people that have been around me. Now, if you are on any social media, especially for amputee support groups or amputee groups, you will see a plethora of different scenarios from people that are living on the streets as an amputee to people surrounded in a nice home with all the people they love them, a family, generations of family around them, being there 100% for them. What I can tell you is, no matter what the circumstance, each one of those groups from one end of the spectrum to the other have different outcomes on how they are handling their amputation. There are some people that are alone and on on their own who actually do very well because they have learned to kind of get scrappy with life and, and have been able to dig down deep and find the best in their situation. Likewise, there are people that have everything and a great support system at home and they can't seem to break through the bad attitude, the negativity, etc., So I can tell you about support systems all I want, but I will still go back to the idea that I still firmly believe that what happens in our own mind and our own emotions about how we handle our circumstances, no matter what your circumstance is, first and foremost, it's an internal thing that you have to decide how you're going to handle. Like I said, for me, I wasn't going to let anything get me down. I'm a scrapper. I have three big brothers that used to just do everything they possibly could to terrorize me as a a young girl. And, uh, you know, we always joke I got my speed um, from them because at every commercial break they would attack. And if I didn't learn to jump when I thought a commercial was uh, coming on, I was going to get dogpiled. And it is true. Uh, they used to hide around corners and scare the crud out of me. So I learned how to run upstairs two to three at a time. Um, that was killer when I was laid up because I could only do one step at a time. But I know they were always there for me. And um, I always knew that I was a fighter. You know, I always wanted to prove myself to my big brothers and my sister that I could do or be whatever I wanted. If they ever said, oh, you throw like a girl, I made sure that that, we broke that stereotype. And thankful to them because they actually made me into who I am today based on how they didn't let me get away with anything. Um, I would be the one that would go outside and throw a baseball around, a football around, whatever it was. And 
you know, that's a part of my um, growing up. And that's kind of who formed how I was formed and, and why I am the way I am. Now, luckily, for those of you that don't know me, my husband, um, we just celebrated being together, starting at dating time, 32 years, we met in high school. And so he knows the kind of person he got. Um, I played softball at my high school and went on and played a year of college ball. Um, he was a football player. So we both were very competitive. And likewise, that competitive nature doesn't just translate to sports with me. It's everything. So unfortunately, I like to be the best at whatever I do, even if I'm just competing with myself. And, and amputation, that has been a competition of myself. Not to be better than anybody else, but to, to show the world that I could do whatever I wanted to if I put my mind to it. And I don't shy away from challenges because I figured, you know what, if I fail, that's okay. But if I don't try, that's not okay. So going back to the support system, that would be, I would guess in my book, the second most important thing past mindset and attitude of the person going through whatever it is you're going through. In my case, like I said, I will, I will talk about amputation, but really this could go to anything you're dealing with, relationship problems, health problems, physical problems, whatever it is. Your attitude will be the first indicator of how you will succeed in it. Second, do you have people you can rely on? I have to say that I have been going through my injury started in, it was in 2013. It was in May of 2013. And here we are, 2021, and I'm now an amputee. Some of you know my story. Some of you do not. Quick recap. I decided to join my son at that time who was kindergarten uh, decided to join taekwondo with him to do the adult classes and um, was going for my second degree black belt when i kicked someone in the head during sparring and i heard a really massive pop felt the massive pop and of course the competitor in me just needed to take a quick breather but i really couldn't stand on it didn't know what had happened, don't know what popped at the time, but I decided I needed to finish up. I still had to do uh, one more sparring and then a, a two-on-one sparring. I still had to do my weapons form and I still had to do my regular form to get through. This was a pretest to my second degree black belt. And I went through the whole thing, basically jumping around on my right leg and continuing to use my left leg to kick, even though that's what I did to hurt it in the first place. I got through everything, was in a lot of pain, iced it, and knew that night that this was bad. When I went to an orthopedic surgeon the next day, he said, good news and bad news. Bad news, Utoria MCL. Good news, no surgery. This can be fixed with three weeks of physical therapy. Awesome. I figured, well, you know what? For three weeks, I'll do physical therapy and maybe I'll sit on a chair and work on my forms so I don't forget you know, the movements, yeah, muscle memory. Unfortunately, three weeks, four weeks of PT went by, went back for my recap with my doctor, and he said, I've never seen this. Your MCL is no tighter at all. Actually, it feels looser. And so thus, surgery number one. Well, you can imagine at this point in time, 
I think that I was probably still thinking I was going to get back to my karate and get my second degree black belt officially. But that never happened because that surgery in uh, July led to another surgery in September or October with the same surgeon, which led to a third surgery by December and with one of his colleagues. And none of those helped. Actually, I was in a lot of pain. I was starting to lose range of motion and I was getting frustrated because I was losing my physique I had been working on with karate. I had lost the drive to be able to go back to karate knowing that this was not going to be a quick fix. And at this point in time, um, one thing that you have to know about me is that I was homeschooling my two boys full time. They were at the time um, eight in 10 maybe yeah about 8 and 10 so it wasn't they weren't really little little but they still needed a lot of direction one they were boys two they're being homeschooled when you're in your own home homeschooling which is homeschooling um, it's hard to keep them focused and away from uh, TV snacking lots of bathroom breaks <laughs> but I have to tell you at 8 and 10 oh and then and also one thing you have to know is I was in PT three to four times a week for years. And when they were really little and I wouldn't leave them at home, they would have to pack up all their studies. I'd have to know, tell them exactly what they were working on. We'd get in the waiting room. I'd show them what to be working on. And they would study in the waiting room while I went to PT. And my PTs were never short. They were never 30 minutes, 45 minutes. They were an hour and a half, two hours at times, depending on what was being done. And when I talk about support systems, it's interesting as I'm recalling this moment, I remember vividly, um, I was really only at two PTs a majority of my seven years of doing PT. And so I spent about three years in the first one and four years at the second one. In the first three years, I remember being in the waiting room, being called back and you know, older people were at the, th at the physical therapy with, cause I would go during the day when, you know, working people were working and older people would be there waiting for their spouses to come out of PT. And I can't tell you how many times when I tried to help my sons with their math or whatever, someone would say, you know what? I got it. You go to your PT. I'll help them. People I never met before, but became fond of because we'd have similar schedules and I'd see them throughout and they would come in and support my kids. And that was amazing. I mean, just to feel that support. Because not only did I need the support, they needed support. And when I couldn't be there at those times when they were little, that was really, really profound. Now, you're talking about eight and 10 year old boys. And I want to give huge props to my two boys who are now 17, almost 19 years old. They were by my side all the time. When they could have been throwing fits and struggling with getting along, they didn't. Um, we spent a lot of time studying in my bedroom because I was on those bending machines a lot or ice machines a lot and I had to stay elevated which also meant that they would bring up lunch. And I can laugh about this now, but it was it was hilarious because there was a stint of time there that 
Um, God love them. They made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for me every day. <laughs> um, it's probably why I didn't gain weight because I couldn't get to the pantry or snack at all unless they went and got me food. So there were times where I would get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and nothing else. And I'm like, can I get like an orange or an apple? Do we have some chips downstairs? Anything to accompany the peanut butter and jelly sandwich? But I got to tell you, they always had me fed. And then we would sit and our break would always be studying in the morning, make lunch, watch a movie, and then, then get back to any studies we had to and be done by 3, 3.30. And um, they rose to the occasion like I could never have imagined they could have. And they grew up. They had to grow up pretty quick. They became reliable and trustworthy. They were getting work done on their own if I was on pain meds and sleeping. But they just rocked might be my support system and part of me feels bad that they had to go through all that but part of me knows it's make, made them into the men they are today they're compassionate they have empathy towards others that are struggling and they see when people are struggling they're not self-absorbed they're very much alert to the world around them and the suffering around them and for that I am eternally grateful now my husband who has been with me since we were 16, 17 years old. He continued to do work um, at that point in time before the pandemic. Um, he was working at an office. So he'd get up in the morning and he'd always get me breakfast. And then he would take off for the day. When he'd get home, that poor guy at times had to bring up ice, replace ice packs, get dinner started, rotate laundry, and do all the things that I would have done normally, but he was doing double time. And it was not easy. It wasn't easy on him, and it was really hard on me. One, the competitive person I am wants to be the best wife I can be. And he's known me so long, he knows what I'm capable of. And there are times that I probably swelled because I decided to crutch downstairs. And yes, we have stairs, two steps, two sets of steps. I'd crutch downstairs in time to try to make dinner, you know, trying not to put weight on a knee that had had surgery on it or a knee replacement. And I would, I would get dinner to surprise him because I wanted to take the load off knowing he'd had a hard day, which probably didn't help me heal. Um, but for those of you that do know my story, you know that faith and my trust that God had a plan for me is extremely strong. And I knew that this was the plan all along now that I have hindsight right? Hindsight's great. It's 2020, they say. And um, I uh, knew that this was my plan all along. So no matter what I would have done, I don't think that I would have seen successful uh, recovery. Uh, there was a time that I had one um, physician's assistant say, if you don't sit, lay down and elevate your leg, your knee above your heart and ice it six times a day, you're never going to recover. And you need to do that for about four weeks. I do not like sitting around. And this was, we're talking probably three years into all my surgeries and I was already stir crazy and struggling. And I chose to spend those four weeks literally sitting around doing nothing, trying to homeschool my kids and not budging. My kids then became vital in running up and down the stairs, getting my ice packs, 
changing them out and that was not easy as simple as that is to ask a kid to stop every couple hours and rotate ice packs that's tough I mean that's that's a lot to ask especially when I don't ask for things like that often and you know what I did that for four weeks solid I was true to form exactly what they asked me to do you know what the outcome was well I'm an amputee so you can probably guess it didn't help at all so I do know that I have tried and it didn't work so I just knew that this was the plan that was set for me and there's a reason for it maybe it's this podcast or maybe it's reaching out to people that are in need whatever it is I will be obedient to where my calling is in life now but I could not have done this without my support system and that's why I'm talking to you today about this because you may be in one of two roles you may be struggling and leaning or needing to lean on someone that will support you when you're down and it's not all the time right we have great days and we have good days and we have bad days and we have the worst of days we run a gamut just like any other person but if you're struggling with some physical disability a relationship or an emotional disability those bad days can be really bad and you really need someone you can trust that will not use it against you uh, someone that you know is there for the shoulder to cry on and someone who'll tell you, you know what, it's okay. You're going to have a bad day. Tomorrow will be better. We all need that from, even if it's a stranger, even if it's someone you've never met before. Um, that's why I reach out to people. If you direct message me on social media or go to my website and, and email me because my email is on there, I will get back to you. Because sometimes it's even easier when someone doesn't know you personally. Because sometimes we just need to be heard with fresh ears, right? We just need someone maybe who's been there and just doesn't know everything that's gone on. And um, we just need that support. So you may be someone who is in need of support. Or maybe you're listening because you support someone. And you are struggling with how to support them well or what you need to say or do and there isn't a quick fix on that I'm sorry to say it base you have to base it on the person the circumstance and the kind of day they're having my husband knows I'm very competitive he wants to be able to fix me right like all husbands should want to do is fix their spouse um, but for me being as competitive as I am I don't like to have people wait on me I like to wait on people. I like to help people. He knows this about me and he still struggled. He wanted me to sit still so he could get everything done. And I struggled with that. And basically what it really comes down to people is communication both ways. Whether you're the one needing support or the one giving support, if you don't talk about what is needed, there's no way to help someone. So there were times where I said, hey, you know, Eric, I appreciate it, but I really need to do this. I'm, I need to get up. I need to move. I need to do this for myself because I know that this is what my mind and my body needs. And he had to learn to listen to that and give and take. If he knew I was pushing myself too far, then I had to listen when he communicated, I think you're doing too much. I can see you're swelling. I can see you're in pain. You need to go sit down. And I had to learn to take that and swallow my pride and do what I was told. 
he came to all of my appointments so that, you know, and that's a big thing with the support system is going into a doctor appointment alone is a mistake. You need to have someone there because I remember when they first told me that they're going to have to go in and do surgery on my MCL, I'm glad he was there because as soon as the doctor said, well, we can either cut out a part of your hamstring and use it or use a cadaver, you know, tendon. Yeah, you lost me at cadaver or cutting out my hamstring. And then I was in la-la land thinking about what that all meant and what it would look like and feel like and would I be different and then I just, it, you forget the questions you had, you forget what you wanted to talk about, what direction you were going, and that's when your support system helps you there too, is they're there with the questions, they're there to understand things, to clarify things, and to make sure that you don't forget the important stuff that you came in to talk to your doctors about. So if you don't learn to communicate with your support person, or they don't learn to listen or communicate back, you're going to struggle. You just, you have to know the person that you're working with and they have to know you. So if you're um, someone struggling and you are hoping your support person, family, friend, whatever, whoever is there for you, if, if you want them to help you the best they can, then you need to be honest and tell them exactly what you need and what you don't need, what you want to achieve. I mean, it's it's like talking to yourself, right? What are my goals? What are my dreams? Where do I need to be? And the hardest part for some of us is letting people know when it's just a bad day. Uh, I don't like having bad days. No one does. But I really, I'm humbled by it because of pride, I guess. I don't want to have a bad day. I don't want to have a bad day now. And I do, you know, some days my socket doesn't fit right or I've hurt myself. Example, yesterday I decided to double up my jump roping that I'm doing for a range of motion project for Mobility May. And at about 140, I started to pull my calf muscle. Okay, I got one calf muscle and I started to pull it. I stopped at 40 or 140, gave my leg a little bit of a break and I said, nope, I'm finishing it. Well, I should have stopped because now I'm struggling walking. And even with my leg on, I'm struggling with walking. But last night when I took my leg off for bed and I'm on my crutches, I was in so much pain. When I was laying in bed, I was in so much pain. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to do my 100 jump ropes today. So I let my own, like, not wanting to fail get in the way sometimes. Well, if that was the way it was while I was going through surgery after surgery after surgery, if my husband saw me pushing myself too hard, sometimes he had to know when it was okay to just reel me in. And I don't like hearing it. And I have grown and matured since all this happened. But you sometimes just, the hard facts are there. And sometimes someone outside of what you're going through can see something you just can't or refuse to see. Now, if you are someone who is supporting someone going through this, you know they're going to go through amputation or they're going through a surgery, you see someone struggling in their life, in their relationships, emotionally or mentally, they're in anguish, all you can do is talk to them, be there for them, and find out what it is they really need 
Sometimes people want stuff and sometimes they don't. And I will tell you, one of the worst things you can do is to tell someone, hey, just know I'm there for you. Because I'll, I will tell you, I would never reach out to someone that said that to me because I would never want to bother them. So if you want to help someone, sometimes you need to be direct and say, listen, I'd like to bring food over for your family. Can I do that this week? And is there any allergies, anything that you do or do not like? I'm doing this. You tell me the day. You tell me what everybody loves. And you just make it. It's like setting goals. You don't want to say as an amputee, someday I'm going to walk again. Because then you're not making, you're going to, it's an empty promise to yourself. But if you tell yourself, my goal is to walk down to the end of the block by the end of this week, uh, you're now you're accountable to your own promise to yourself. Same thing with helping someone. Sometimes you know someone's in need. And you know what? There has never been a time where someone that wanted to just stop by to surprise me with a Starbucks or a bouquet of flowers that never turned me off. That was always something that would lift my spirits and you just never know when that might affect someone that way. You're, you're never going to go wrong with bringing something nice by. Just say, I'm thinking of you. If you ever want to talk, I'm here. I'll reach out to you at the end of the week and we'll, we can talk then if you'd like to do that. Now that's, that's thinking like I'm thinking of a couple friends of mine that could really use that. But if you're living with someone, you know them better. You know when they're struggling. You can see the anguish on a face that is in pain or in a mental state that doesn't feel right. Um, I'm sure there's a few times my husband heard me crying in the shower. Um, because as my boys were little, I didn't want them to see that side of me. They've seen me cry plenty, trust me. But not when I just needed to let loose and just kind of cleanse the system. And that's what sometimes those cries were. They were mini pity parties to myself, between me and God. And sometimes you need that just to reconcile um, just the way you feel inside. So what I thought I would do, and I'm really kind of hoping this will um, affect some people, I'm going to start reaching out. I want to talk to some people that have supported someone going through an amputation or a major struggle. I want to hear from you. I want to hear how you're handling it because you need to take care of yourselves too. I tried very hard to tell my husband, hey, you know what? I've got this. Why don't you take the boys, go do something fun today when I was laid up because I didn't want them to feel bad about going and leaving me alone. And they had the right to get out and, and get their own mental game strong again. Again, if you don't fill your own bucket, you can't fill others. And when I was in a great place and thinking positively and had the right attitude, it was really easy for me to say, go, go do something fun, you know, go and play mini golf or go bowling or go out for lunch. Hey, bring me back something if you would, you know, whatever it takes. But they had to fill their buckets too. They couldn't just be brogged down for years of staying at home with me and taking care of me. And so don't forget to take care of yourself. If you're supporting someone, you just, you can't support someone if you're just exhausted or if you've been blown away from, from all the emotional drain that it brings to you. Please take care of yourself so you can be a better caretaker. I mean, that's so important and, and everyone needs that person, but you, you can't, you can't do it and not 
Um, take time for yourself. And I really hope that my kids and my husband saw that I would try to do that for them, re- release them into the wild, so to speak, and, and let them have some time for themselves because that was important and I knew that was important for them, that they needed to get away from being drained by me and my needs and my wants. So um, what I'm hoping for you to do is here's two, two call to actions I have this week. So I'm going to take it from both sides. If you are an amputee or someone who is really struggling and you have people that have been supporting you, loving you, um, taking care of you, I would suggest that today, after hearing this, you reach out to them. If they live with you, why don't you write them a little note and leave it by their bed? Why don't you give them a call at work if they are away and just say, I'm not calling because I need anything. I'm just calling to say thank you for all you do for me. If they don't live with you, if it's a friend or a neighbor, maybe send them something. Everything is done by um, electronically ordering anyways now. Maybe send them something from Amazon. Or maybe if you're up and about now, Maybe run and get them something they always brought to you. Maybe it was a bouquet of flowers. Maybe you're baking. Bake something for your neighbor or your friend. Take it to them with a little note that simply says, thank you for all you did for me. Just let them know they're appreciated. Reach out to them. Fill their bucket up. I'm all about that. You know what? Everybody wants to know that they made a difference somewhere. And this is how you let the people in your life know that they made a difference for you. On the flip side, if you are someone who supports someone in need, I want you to take time out for you. Whatever it is you love to do, do it. Stop everything. If you want to get a facial or a massage, go do that for yourself. If you haven't been out and done lunch for yourself to a nice restaurant, go. You don't need to take your friend with. Don't need to take the person that you're helping with. Separate yourself at this moment in time. Find the right time and go do something to recharge your battery. If you love reading, then escape someplace quiet. Get a great book. Get a coffee. Get a tea. Whatever it is you drink. You know, maybe it's something heavier. I don't know. Maybe it's a margarita at night. But go and find time an hour, two hours to just sit and read something that makes you happy. If you're an artist or someone who likes to craft, go find a little corner and go craft your heart out. Take time for yourself so that you are still going to be valuable to them when they are in need again. Because some of these times that we go through last a lot longer than we think they're going to. I thought with an MCL tear, I would have been three weeks in PT and back on my feet again. Here I am what, like nine years later, and now down a leg. You do not know what tomorrow brings. You are not promised anything except what you can give to yourself and what you can give to others. That is up to you. Recharge your battery. Do what's right for you first so you can do your job to help someone else. I hope you got something out of this, and I look forward to talking with some support people I'm trying to convince my husband and my kids to let me interview them. So be on the listen for that coming up. 
I also have a few people that have been through hard, hard stuff in their life. And I'm hoping maybe I can reach out to them and they can maybe give a little shout out to the person that's loved on them through their hard times. So be on the lookout for my Instagram uh, posts where I'm looking for certain people to come on or send me some recordings. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I've also got something I think in the works coming up with self-defense. So keep an eye out for that. I'm starting to get some self-defense uh, classes happening and I was loving it. I went this weekend and it was amazing. So um, keep your ear to the ground. If you haven't been to my website, www.bawarrior360.com, check it out. If you sign up, um, put your email in there, you will get any updates that I put on my website, not just podcast, but I throw stories on there. You'll see pictures of things I'm going through with my life and where I've been. So you kind of get to know me a little bit more on a personal level. And I can do shout outs to you and everything and we can talk back and forth. But please make sure you get on, subscribe to the email, the newsletters, and keep in touch. And as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.